Here we miss hockey, but um, we got to watch hockey yesterday. A little bit. Watch more hockey in the future. Even if it was filmed on a iPod Touch, <laughs> so so got to watch some hockey for sure. That was fun. You know, let's just start right off with that. How come in, in 2020? We talk about this all the time, but I don't know if you ever said it on the podcast. How come I'm sure we have. I'm sure we have. Why are minor league broadcasts so terrible? Even uh, like college. Is just god awful. It, like all, it all looks like it was filmed on a freaking calculator. <laughs> I feel like it, I feel like we've been having this conversation since actual, like maybe freshman year of high school. Like that's how long we've been talking about yeah, this. And the like the cameras said, haven't changed. I know, not, like, at all. And even though it was still fun to see some hockey, though, that was that most definitely. And I, I can't wait to watch the Halifax Mooseheads some more. Our boy Elliot. Denoyer snapping for a four-goal game last night, and he was just fun to watch, dude. You killed that, the pr- pronouncement of his name. I would have yeah. butchered that, but yeah, I've been laughing on it. I mean, like the knock on him going into it was his offensive side of the game, and I mean he's known to have a strong two-way game, and the fact that now that he got traded from the Montkin Wildcats to the Mooseheads. I mean, he's getting a first line role now, so that's going to help him probably take off points wise. I mean, twelve points in your first eight games in a first line role, like being that, being the guy, is it's a pretty good start. I mean, and like, like we talked about before the pod, it's great value. I mean, we found this guy in the fifth round for the hundred thirty fifth pick in the draft. So, like you said, if you get anything from this kid. It's just you're playing with house money, like you said, Dan. He has six goals already through eight games. And last year, he had a total of 11. So he just needs five more, and he'll already match his, his high of last year. That's It's just it's impressive to see his development. Like, And that performance was good enough for him to be selected in the fifth round. So you have to wonder what he's doing now, what his, like his actual value would be. Like he's playing like a second, third rounder. And it's always good to see... A guy that you drafted have a immediate impact uh, his draft plus one year, so it's nice because I would rather be seeing him do this than be sitting here being like he can do this. Like you know, we talked about him last week before he he started playing these games, or maybe that nah, was more than a week ago, probably two three weeks ago, and we I mean we didn't see him play yet, and we were like oh if he does this, like if he starts scoring points, and like he it's a nice little pick from John. I mean he's doing it now. I mean, 12 points in the first eight games. He, he, he's doing it. I mean, you need to see him be a little bit more consistent. But, yeah, he's playing like a second, third-round pick that Chuck found in the in the fifth before his breakout draft plus one year. So maybe maybe this is his breakout year, and Chuck just fa- finds a diamond in the rough. I know he's on a point streak. I'm not sure exactly what, but what I do know is he tied for the queue in points already. Yeah, he is. And uh, another guy who's kind of been lighting up the queue – is uh, Hendrix LaPierre. You remember him from the draft? I do, yeah. And he has more points than him. I mean, I know he's played less games. I think it's like two or three less games than, than Elliot has. But, man, it's impressive to see. I really, and he could have had six goals in that game. I mean, he had some some slot shots, some like grade-A chances that, that were robbed or didn't go in. A couple of the – the Mooseheads had a really – Halifax played really well last night. If some they have some really skilled guys over there. I want to keep. They're usually not that good too. Like they're like going in that game, they were like two, four, and one. Not for a while though. 
I mean, uh, who who used to play for them back then? Um, I'm not I'm not entirely. I sure. want to say Nathan McKinnon, but I'm probably completely wrong. Like completely. That might be right, to be honest. Maybe I don't know. I remember them being like really good when I was in like high school and being like like playing on NHL and be like I want to be the Mooseheads because like they're like, I know that they're really good. I don't know. So somebody was definitely on that team. Justin Barron had a good game too. He did. He did. Actually, I like watching him. He he he's he's not bad, man. I kind of wanted the Flyers. If the Flyers were to have taken a defenseman in the first round, he was definitely on the board of guys available around our pick that I wanted to take. Yeah, there were a but lot. The Avalanche of... ended up getting them. The damn Avalanche always getting better. I know their their defensive core is going to be really good for a long time if they keep finding guys like that. But there were a lot of guys around the spot where we picked that I would have been comfortable with there. You could have convinced me either way, you know what I mean? So I think Chuck Chuck's doing a good job so far. I mean, he, Elliot's making him look pretty smart right now. Elliot's next game is uh, October 29th, and they're the only minor league playing hockey right now, right? It's kind of weird so, to me. Yeah. That's like hell, like this one league is just like a full go. But the WHL is December 4th. The OHL said de- December 1st, but now they're backtracking saying mid-January. NHL. Yeah, I don't know if the OHL is going to get. I don't know. They seem like they're they're they keep backtracking more and more. Yeah, it's looking rough over there. But I I I want to see Tyson Forrester play and his yeah. development be good. I mean, so in, I in, in, in reality, it's going to help uh, hurt some of these prospects' development not being able to play, like not playing right now. I mean, you got the guys like Elliot playing right now, and for sure, yeah, it hurts. It's the reality of it. So Nolan Patrick signs this qualifying offer for one year, not uh, eight hundred seventy-four k. Like a it. lot of people were like praising Chuck Fletcher for doing such a good job with this, but I, I think it was what should have happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. You know, like he had, it wasn't like he was gonna get some like three year, one point five million deal. Like, nah, like he should have accepted his qualifying offer. I mean, could he have gone? Like, he didn't really have an option, right? He's a, no, he did. He's, yeah, he's a, yeah. So it's more of a, just a prove it kind of deal. And I mean, he'll get paid if he if he's able to play a full year. I mean, hopefully. I mean, we're kind of counting on him. We need him to. Like, we need him to to get healthy. Like, get, gotta get healthy before you come back and start playing hockey games. But we need him, man. He's a big part. He's a big part of this team. So he's, he was playing more uh, Ryan White scrimmages. Yeah. The other day. It's good to see him just like playing hockey though. And consecutively, like through weeks, so that is able to. I, I hope we can get a more solid update on him as the season goes along, because it seems yeah. like there's always some gray area in all their answers. Like it seems like they're very I vague. I know, you we'll never see. get a full answer out of them. And I mean, I guess that's the way this type of yeah. condition is. But that's why it, I'm like not submitting him in anything until I see him back out there. Nolan Nolan Patrick's a really good hockey player. And if he's able to contribute in any way this year, it's going to help the Flyers a lot. I mean, having him and Limbaugh back, we talked about it before, is, is huge. It's better than any free agent sign that we would have made for as much money and years as we signed these two. I mean, I know Nolan, if he comes back and has a good year, he's going to get signed. But yeah, Nolan's highly skilled. has a great two-way he's a great, He reminds he's me a of great like, player. like a baby Hayes, kind of. The baby Hayes. I think I've said it on the Hayes. podcast before. I was like, no, like what Hayes is now is what Nolan could be. Just, I guess, just not as tall, but like the way he plays the game, like being on the penalty kill. Yeah, 
Yeah, I think Nolan's a little bit, like, a, a tad bit more skilled. Yeah, than Hayes. slithery. I, for yeah, sure. he has better hands. But, yeah, I can definitely see what you're talking about. Like, the good two-way guy who can, can pop, the, pop the puck. For now, sure. here's a question for you. We have, if Nolan comes back mm-hmm. and Morgan Frost makes the team, we have, I'd say, one extra center in terms of, like, our raw lineup placement. Who would you move to wing and why? Would it be Nolan Patrick or would it be Morgan Frost? See, my answer would probably just just play Frost on the wing. I mean, you're not, the number one concern with him is his defensive side of the game and how he needs to add a little bit more quote-unquote weight and all that jazz. But, um, I mean, that's like the, the main concern with him. So, like, my, my initial my – initial, Reaction to that would be to put Morgan Frost on the wing, but the way they talk about him, the way Chuck and and Brett Flair talk about him, they view him as a center. So I, I mean, I mean, Flair said that they would be open to playing him on the wing, but I do think that they want to keep him at center. But if obviously, if you can, I mean, if you have a, a healthy Nolan Patrick, he's a perfect three C. Like cause he, I mean, he's NHL experienced, but he would have to earn that out of camp and. Like you said, you can't really depend on that right now. But my initial answer would probably be Frost on the wing and just keep Nolan at center. That'd be a fun little like in camp. I don't want to say like competition. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. Competition between those two, like who who wants the spot on the team? That'd be really exciting. See, I also wonder if Patrick would maybe start the season in the AHL. Yeah, I was just going to say that. Is like, can we even like depend on Patrick coming in here and like dropping right into a three? As of now, no. Yeah, uh-huh. so probably I mean you're probably just gonna see Morgan Frost to begin the year, or well, like, it, it's 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 gonna be difficult. The more that I think about it, for Patrick to jump right back in that three C role, so I think you might see him unless he has an incredible camp. You know what I mean? Then you'll probably uh-huh. see him in three C. But it's yeah, it's interesting. He might play some AHL games if the AHL gets underway too. I mean, I'm, do they have a date yet? Yeah, it's uh, December fourth. Okay, cool. So definitely have AHL games. So yeah, maybe. I you might even him. see Frost with him in the beginning. Just, you might just, just to get him Frost. games. I mean, he hasn't yeah. played. He hasn't played a hockey game in what ten months. Yep. Yeah. Probably longer than that. No, 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 since March, t- right? Since the AHL. Was it March? Before, yeah, before the AHL stopped, mid March, I'd say. Yeah. Damn, <laughs> it's been a while for him, dude. What would so, you do? I I would let Frost go to the um. AHL. I mean, what what do we see with Barrett Hayton? Isn't he gonna do the same thing? Is he? I mean, they're kind of the same player. Barrett Hayton's more established, though. You know what I mean? And hey, they I, even I mean, said he had more of a, get him some reps. He had, he had more of a shot. I mean, he plays for Arizona, so he. I feel like Frost. If Frost played on in, on Arizona, he would have had the same kind of shot. Oh no, I'm not saying that as a knock on Frost. I'm yeah, saying I know. If if an established player is gonna go to the AHL to get a conditioning stint, I think Frost will. Oh, agreed, hundred percent. Maybe so. The Flyers nice. have four point eight million dollars in cap space, and they have one more deal left to sign, and that's Phil Myers, twenty-three year old undrafted defenseman. What, what what route would you go with this deal? See, now we've talked about this. I I would probably just I mean, I I can see the argument to locking them up long, long term, but you have to give them probably give them what four. If you want to lock him up for six years, 
maybe a little bit more than that, like maybe four. T- like, like it would have to be the entire rest of the cap to lock yeah. them up long term. So I think we're gonna get like a a set, like maybe a little bit maybe a year more than Sandheim got. What does Sandheim get? Sandheim got three years, three point two five million. Yeah, so maybe you see a four year deal because, like you said, you don't want all these contracts to hit you at once. Or like I mentioned on uh, the radio. Um, maybe Chuck is making another move and waiting to to clear a little bit more cap so he can sign Myers. I don't know, but I would personally give him like a little four year deal. Oh, actually, real quick, I want to get off topic because something I want to talk about is during one of Chuck Fletcher's press conferences, he had said that if he were to go in the season with Gustafson and Gossesbear, he would be okay with it because they aren't the, as same as a player as we all think they are. Mm-hmm, yeah, Does that concern that. you? Yeah, yeah, for sure. I I don't see how you can depend on Shane Gossespear next year. I think Shane Gossespear is a good hockey player. I just think Shane Gossespear needs a fresh start, kind of thing. I just I I think you need to find a way to trade Shane. I do. I'm but like I wouldn't be mad at it. I mean he he's not as bad as Flyers Twitter makes him out to be. So maybe, but like depending on him to jump up to a top four role like that after like barely playing last year, like getting her, going through injuries, and even when he did play, he was okay. I mean he had a couple good games, but I don't know how you can depend on a guy to jump up and play top four minutes, top six minutes. Yeah, after sure. not playing, it, it concerns me. It really does. Like Shane Gossesbury is what he really is at this point. And I don't mean that in a bad way. Like like you said, that he's a good hockey player. He's a good puck mover. But he's 27 years old now. Like, he's not a kid no more. Like, what what you see is what you're going to get. I don't think he's really going to change. Uh, even if he does get back to that 50, 60-point guy, I, I mean, isn't that what you brought Gustafson for? Because Gustafson had the 60-point the seasons just two seasons ago. So I really don't understand like, where they're going with that. And to get back on a Myers... I'd be cool with a four-year deal. Uh, to be honest, I think the Flyers would love to lock him up for six years, but I don't think, especially given the flat cap, the market value, I don't think he wants a six-year deal because I think he wants to, when the cap rises a little bit, bet on himself, much like Sanheim did. And uh, it's going to be exciting to see because I really think Phil Myers is going to take off. and yeah, he's, He might play on the top pair with Ivan Provorov this year. I mean, so that's going to be really fun to see. Right now, that's, that's where I'm slotting him in. They don't make any other moves. That's that's where I'm putting Myers. You know, I'm putting them right with Provy. Because like I like that Myers Sandheim pairing, but towards the end I realized that they're kind of like the same dude. <laughs> and I feel like they would be better off if you just split them up and let them have their advantages and disadvantages on different pairings with different guys. Yeah, like like put them with a guy who helps out with their their breakouts because they were getting hemmed in by the Canadians and they got worse with the Islanders forecheck towards the second round of that playoffs but like we said before I think Myers adapted to the physical playoff play better than than Sanheim did it's not a knock on Sanheim I still thought he played well got a little bit little bit thrown around in the second round but I expect my uh Sanheim to come back and have a great year for sure still, at the end, still at the end high of the day, on it's, it's valuable playoff experience for all of these it's, dudes including it's, it's the their biggest first one, Carter Hart yeah it's their first real playoff experience like that's I mean, Sandheim's been in the playoffs before, but he wasn't playing intense hockey like that. I mean, I know it was in a bubble, not in front of fans, and he's played playoff games in front of fans, but I mean, second round, I mean, he hasn't been to a second round this year, and just it, it gets more intense, and it was his first go-around. I'm still high on Travis Sandheim, for sure. Think about, like, 
it, it's also like Konechny, Provov, those guys' first real playoff run. Because, like, yeah. do you really count getting worked by the Penguins in six? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't think any Philly fan thought we were going to win that series. But, no, I nah. mean, thanks, Gudis. Appreciate that for game six. That was fun. But, yeah. No. I'll never let him live that down. Never. It was terrible. I, I we mean, could have forced the game seven if it yeah. wasn't for his grenades, dude. Yeah, we were there, too. I know, that's what made it all all worse. And that building, after the 4-2 goal, oh, you could you feel know, it. Oh, it. You could shaking. feel a game seven shaking. in the air. It hurts. Gudis and nah. Gudis and nah. <laughs> now, I forget what we were talking about. I'm just thinking about valuable playoff experience for the young guys. No, I mean for sure. I mean it was Proby's first. I mean it's the first time he's really done that. We win games for us and over time like that. Like he really took a step forward this year. Dude, he did. He was so fun to watch. Like you go back and you watch those games. Like he came up in just the big moments, and he looked like the freshest guy on the ice. (laughs) I know, dude. All playoffs too. And as soon as uh, his game six overtime winner, when when Hayes was taking the puck down low, Mayfield didn't have a stick, and Hayes knew that, so he's taking his time, and then he centered that puck and. I was like, yo, yo, where's that going? And then as soon as I saw Proby, and like the way Proby accepted that puck, like he was already in a shoot shooting position yeah. when he accepted it, and I was like, that's finding twine, and it was just a beautiful shot. Oh, yeah, he was, was like, just, like pivoting to get his like like. It's good the classic Provorov shot. shot. Just, just the way he shoots the puck is just original, and I knew that was going in, man. It was just, he's gonna be so fun to watch. I mean, how old is he now? Twenty. Three. Yeah, twenty three. He's, he's still a baby. Like he Yeah. And dude, I look back at the these contracts that Chuck Fletcher's given out and dude, the maybe the best one is Ivan Pro Rob at six point seven five million. I was just looking at that the other day. Twenty twenty five, twenty six. Are you kidding me? Yeah. This kid, by the time he's twenty six, is still gonna be making six million dollars. That could be the next Sean Couturier deal. It really could be. Ooh, I like that. That's spicy. I mean I could definitely see him growing out of out of that contract before it even expires for sure yeah i think he played up Look to how that he value played last, last year, year. Yeah, yeah man i mean niskanen really helped really helped Provorov be able to make that jump and be able to play so freely i mean you saw Provorov jump up in the offensive play a lot more than i think we've seen him since maybe his his rookie year so i i think niskanen gave him that confidence and he trusted niskanen to stay back and be able to take care of business if you needed to. So I think that's going to hurt if you don't find somebody to play with pro Rob or if Myers can make that jump and really replace, I mean, can't really replace a guy like Matt Niskanen, but be able to jump up there and, and let pro Rob take the same risks that he took before and just be responsible defensively. Then, and like vice versa, like Provorov can also do that for Myers. I wonder for if sure. that becomes a pairing. If Provorov is going to take what he learned from last year and kind of become Myers Niskanen. I mean, left-handed, right-handed defensemen both can skate. Myers is a lot bigger, but both, like you said, they're both like kind of two-way guys. I would say Myers is a the better like straight line skater, but that could be a nice little pair, man. If if Myers is able to come up and just. Like you said, just make the right pass. Just play with Pro Rob. I mean, it's not hard to play with a guy like Ivan Pro Rob. So just don't be Andrew McDonald. He'll be fine. <laughs> Speaking of Andrew McDonald, we're paying him $2 million of just dead yeah, cap cool, for dude. the buyout this year. <laughs> <laughs> so that's fun. Uh, thanks for reminding me of that. Man. I, I tried to go back the other day 
and to watch like classic Flyers games back then. Just Why? I don't know. I was just bored, really bored, and. I couldn't even like watch one game. It was just McDonald's. This is so bad. Christian Follen. Yeah, it was bad. I don't know why I did that. I'm never gonna do that again. Cause I I was just like, wow, how did we sit through that? All that stuff. And like we we like we all talked ourselves into like those teams being okay too. We still had our core of Prime Giroux, Voracek, Simmons, Shen. So like we all those teams. I have to wonder if they could have blown it up a little earlier, if we could have maybe gotten. I mean, I like the picks that we made ultimately. I like I like Joel Faraby. I like Morgan Frost. I mean, th- those were uh, St. Louis's picks anyway. Yeah, for Braden, you have to wonder if we could have broken it up sooner. Maybe we w- wouldn't have been eighth seed, and we could have actually gotten lottery picks year in year out, and we didn't make the playoffs just to get wiped. <laughs> you have to wonder where our rebuild would be because like if you look at the rangers dude they they rebuilt and turn around and they look to be a playoff team this year oh, after 100%. like a two-year rebuild and you look at the sabers they've been rebuilding for 15 years and it's like i don't know yeah like you you can't middle you one or the other I yeah feel i feel like. like the sabers always catch themselves middling for sure i th- I, I think the move for uh taylor hall was uh like, oh, Eichel, please don't want to leave. Like, here's 100%. Taylor Hall. 100%. It's, it's, you can't do stuff like that when it's you're It's like, here's a toy for you. Yeah. Don't leave. Yeah, don't leave. Like, oh, see us. We're like, we're signing Taylor Hall. Don't leave. Like, oh, we, we want to win hockey games. But, I mean, I'm sure Jack Eichel knows that's just Taylor Hall hopefully being able to go to a team that's not that good, put up good numbers, and get a big deal in the offseason. That's what Taylor Hall's essentially trying to do. Yeah. So. How about Chicago with the open letters of the fan base saying that they're going to rebuild, yeah. retool? I kind of liked it because the Flyers just like, we we like our team. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. That's what they did every year. Hextall would be like, this is a good team. I think we can compete for the playoffs when in reality he was rebuilding crazy. Yeah, yeah. Same thing every year with the just solid team. We like our team. Solid team. I liked it. I mean, being forward, your fans basically they're like, you're, "This is gonna be rough." They're basically what they said. <laughs> a lot of losing inbound is basically what they said. Yeah, but they got a couple. They got some prospects up there. I mean, Kirby Doc is gonna be a really good hockey player for them. Oh my god, Alex DeBrincat is already a star. Yeah, he's I'm, so much fun to watch. So like, and, and I Kub, Kubalak. Yeah, how do you say that dude's name? Uh, Kubalik, I think. Yeah, yeah. He's, He's a, a stud. beast. Yeah. Oh my god. They have the a lot of pieces there. There are a lot of pieces there, and I'm never going to count out the Blackhawks because of the pieces that they do have there. I think they got to revamp their defense. Their defense is—I mean, they got a couple good prospects with their defense, but yeah. yeah. And their goaltender position. They need—they need to go out and get another. Are we a Chicago Blackhawk podcast now? Hundred <laughs> percent. Ew. <laughs> Fuck the Oilers. We eliminated them. By the way, do you think that pisses the NHL off? What? That that the best player in the world got eliminated yeah, in like four games to, to a rebuilding. You can't team. convince me it doesn't. Yes, one hundred percent. They're be- the best player in the world. They can't mark it. One hundred percent. He got eliminated by a rebuilding team in four. <laughs> like that. That's like that's just the classic NHL. I, mean, I wish Batman would be like Edmonton. You got to like you got you got to trade this guy. Yeah, trade like, him to I'm a sorry. big market. That's never gonna happen. Could you could you imagine Connor McDavid being on the trade market? <laughs> Hey, Wayne Gretzky, I'll trade it, man. I know. Prime. But no, dude, I would trade everybody. Everybody. 
<laughs> uh, yeah, dude. There's no untouchables. I'd say, like, I wouldn't do Carter Hart, but I might do Carter Hart. Dude, I'll drive Carter Hart over. <laughs> He's from Edmonton, dude. It fits. Let's, yeah, let's go run home. it right now. Nah, all the love for Carter Hart. But, but seriously. I don't think we talked about the World Juniors yet. No, we haven't. They're, they're coming back around. No. Yeah, Christmas. we're excited for that. I can't wait to see USA versus Canada. USA is going to have a, a nice little squad this year, but so is Canada. I mean, Canada's going to be stacked like always. Yeah. Um, are some of our guys, Cam York, Bobby Brink, they're going to be really fun there. They're going to have extended roles. Now, I'm excited to see all the prospects this year. I, I don't know if the rosters will come out officially yet, but there's going to be a lot of Flyers prospects in that tournament. And the fact that we're going to get hockey in like a month <laughs> – Kind of, yeah. like maybe a little bit more than a month. But About two months. It's exciting. It, another thing, like, it's going to be fun to watch uh, the Swedish team, too. We have a lot of guys that are going to go do. for the Swedish team. Yeah. I can't wait to watch Emil Andre. That, uh, gonna... that tournament's always fun. It's always fun watching those kids play. It's always good hockey. I, first off, the thing I love they about it is put... I can watch minor league players on an HD camera. And that, <laughs> exactly. that alone is a W. Exactly. And it's, it's, it's usually really good hockey. Like, they, they put on a good game. Oh my god! It feels like it gets a like Olympic vibes. I know. It's when fun. you get to those big games, like the the semifinals and the finals, like th- that's like playoff hockey, like Olympic playoff hockey. It's, it's yeah, so I'm excited. much fun to watch. I'm really hyped. Uh, Brent Flair sat yeah. down with Charlie O'Connor of the Athletic to talk about uh, his thoughts, his viewpoints on all the Flyers prospects going into the 2020-21 season, and uh, obviously article. the one that stands out to us is the Morgan Frost ones. But he also talked about Tyson Forrest. He talked about everyone pretty much, right? All the big name uh, he did. farm yeah. pieces. He did. I, I didn't get to fully read the article, but I know you did. But I saw the Morgan Frost part. Yeah. And it got me excited. We're obviously going to fly right into this. Um, he basically, I'm paraphrasing here, said to, to everyone that said, why isn't he ready? Anyone that has doubts, kind of like how we did uh, towards I, the end. I, mean, I wouldn't we, say there were doubts. No, I mean, no, I'd say there's doubts. I mean, we knew he was, like, we're obviously still high on Morgan Frost, but we, we obviously, we had conversations before, like, yo, why isn't he playing? Like, there there was, like, that little bit of doubt did creep in. And, uh, yeah, a little bit. But I'm not was, saying, like, we ever thought he yeah, okay. was a bad player. Yeah, it wasn't that I mean, kind of doubt. It was more of a, like, why isn't he be given, like, a shot at all? I mean, if he's here. Yeah. And he basically uh, told everyone to calm down. Like, everyone's saying, why isn't he ready? He basically told him to calm down and that Morgan Frost is coming and he's coming as a center. He said that's his preferred position, but they will put him at wing if need be. Mm-hmm. But as of now, his development cycle, they want him as a center because Morgan Frost wants to be a center and prefers the center position. And um, it was really good to see. They said they considered playing him in the playoffs, but uh, they didn't want him to be too rusty going in. And, you know, that kind of makes sense. So Yeah, I have a comment about about that the the whole we didn't want to play him because he might have been rusty i mean he didn't play a hockey game for what how many months and to throw him into a, i mean that is like a real thing so they I'm, I'm sure they actually did think about putting him in there but like you said he didn't play a hockey game for for that long but yeah yeah at that point it was five months yeah while other guys got I mean, I guess he did get a little reps in training camp, but I heard he wasn't even, like, he was playing on the Phantoms ice, you know what I mean? He was playing with the Phantoms group. Mm-hmm. He wasn't even playing, like, with the main guys, so. And that, that really did upset us, but that article kind of puts everything into perspective and honestly makes me even more excited 
for 2020-2021. I mean, I think your take on, on, on that whole situation like, while it was going on, like, it's pretty accurate. I mean, what you were saying while we were talking back then is, is basically what happened. You were just like, I think they don't want him to jump into a playoff game like this. I think they just want to save him for next year, let him do a full run at a full 82, try to go at it. You know what I mean? Yep. Playoffs in the Wells Fargo Center after playing a full regular season. That's a good it's call be fun. by you. It's going to be electric, dude. Be fun. Hopefully he's there. Did you see any of uh, the things he said on Tyson Forrester or Bobby Brink? Did he say anything of note about those guys or pretty much or was it all status quo? It was all status quo kind of stuff. Stuff that we've already heard. I got you. You want to get into the mailbag? Yeah, sure. All right, so yesterday we put out a tweet that episode 45 was coming and we asked for some questions. And uh, I'm going to pull them up right now. Here we go. We're going to start with in the net hockey. Thoughts on Zamula's chances for development this year? I'm excited for for Zamula. And I, I think he – obviously, I think he's going to start out, in, start out in the AHL. But I don't – I mean, if he plays the way that I think that he can play and the way this organization views him, I mean, Chuck Fletcher loves Zamula. I mean, shout him out in the bubble this year. If he plays as well as I think he can play, I, I think you see him up with the Flyers pretty soon. I think I think he's a, I think he's a good, he has a good shot to to make that jump for sure. They're already on record saying that he could easily take an NHL role this year too. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck Fletcher in the bubble was like, I know he's twenty. I know he just came off major back surgery, but this kid could play right now if he if he wanted to. Like if we needed him to, he could. It's saying a lot for a 20-year-old kid. We were talking about this before the show. How about, like, Hextall gets a lot of praise and a lot of shit, but to get <laughs> Phil Myers undrafted and to get Zamula undrafted as well, and both of these guys could be NHL contributors down the line. Myers Good ones could even too. be a top-pairing defenseman next year. Yeah. It, it like, thank you, Hextall. That, like... I don't know if that's Hextall or if that's the scouting team because ever since he left, the scouting team is still doing like fantastic yeah. things. I think it's a combination of both for sure. I mean, I think Hextall had a lot of say, especially when it came to prospects. I mean, he was all that's usually what he was good at. He had really good drafts, but yeah, I think as much shit as we've given him for for like a Dale Weiss kind of contract, but he he uh or, or a JVR or yeah or a JVR contract. He had great drafts and. I mean, he didn't even draft these guys. He signed these guys. So, him and the scouting department have done a really good job with the defensive prospects. You know, you know what I just thought about that's, that's kind of making me laugh right now. What? You know, like most, G- you you already know where I'm about to go with this. So, most GMs <laughs> when they draft a guy, they go up to like, "Thank you to the city of Chicago for hosting this awesome event." Yeah. Congratulations to the yeah. uh, Stanley Cup champions. And then they like, they'll go. It was so. Funny, he would go up for his pick and just be like, "From Brandon, <laughs> Ivan, and then we just walk off." Yeah, bro, like, you walk up to the mic and just be like, "From Brandon, Nolan, Patrick." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, dude, just no, no friggin' build up, which I like too. Cause I hate, I hate all that. There, business only. Shit, yeah, love it. I do remember that though. That was hilarious. But yeah, I'm, I'm really high on Zabula. Even those couple games he filled in, obviously he, he's a young guy, but like just to see him in those games, like. He didn't look terrible. No, I mean, no. There were he had a couple. I mean, he had a couple plays where you could tell he was a rookie playing his first in his first NHL game ever. But no, he's he's a really good player, man. I'm I'm excited to see where he goes this year and what he does because I do think he can play NHL minutes this year for sure, for sure. Jamie Martinez, 
I'm gonna answer this question and then I'm gonna bounce it to you because I already know how you feel about this. <laughs> yeah, we were talking about this a couple days ago. Yeah, right? I know. It's funny Jamie actually said this. I know. Just, like we literally had this conversation five days ago. Do you think we keep the same goal song going into uh, the new season? It's been changed almost every season since Dupe in 2012. The current songs seem to have grown on a lot of fans, myself included. However, I always favor songs that have crowd chants, such as the Bruins and the Rangers. Uh, it grew on me. All right, I'm going to answer this in like three parts. So I don't think they keep it because of what you said. They change it every year. It did grow on me, although at first it, I did not like it. And a lot of people have said that when you're in the arena... It's, there, it's different. When you hear it on TV, it sounds corny or whatever, but when you're in the arena, it has a different buzz to it, and that I can believe, because I don't think I've heard it. I don't think I went to a game last year. <laughs> I, really I didn't. Don't... Yeah, I didn't either. It, it, that's ironic, too. Like, the one year the Flyers were competitive and really fun, but that's because we spent most of that year, honestly, like, together watching the games and, like, going out and having a, a night out, like, drinking for those games like that, because they were <laughs> yeah. so exciting. And, um, yeah, you know, I can believe that. But I also see what Jamie's saying. Like, I want a goal song like the Bruins or the Rangers. I, I want, like, that. Or, or Chelsea Dagger. Like, I want, like, a legendary goal song. Yeah, something that, like, that it's it's, it's catchy, it's good. I, I personally didn't, like, feel the shake, like, at all. Yeah, I know. Chris texted me the other day, and he was like, that is corny. He was like, I was waiting for the end of the year to see if it grows on me, and it did. It didn't at all. Yeah, I'm I'm excited to see what the new goal horn uh, the goal song is because I know they're gonna change it. They change it every year, right? Yeah. I mean I hope like because towards the end it really grew on people. I hope they don't like the PR team doesn't see that and they're like, Oh well let's just keep it. Like I like Feel the Shade, like it was cool, whatever. Don't. But I do want that that Bruins Rangers like uh, or like the bro him, like how we used to have, like the whoa Yeah, yeah, do, like, yeah, just like do anything. something like that. Like do something where it's like yeah, that was really fun. catchy. But yeah, that sure. was that's fun. a great question. Yeah, I like that. Best parking, uh, big yoin. Best parking lot to tailgate at the Farg. Any um, open spot, bro. Yeah, <laughs> 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 we're at the point now where like, dude, I'll freaking go in the woods. I'll go in the woods across the street at FDR Park. Yeah, if we're allowed. <laughs> I don't know like, when tailgate is gonna come back, but yeah, any open spot. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yo, hold up. What? This is this this question wasn't asked, but let, let's get into the uh, retro reverse retro. Oh my god! Jerseys. Yeah. Okay. So I personally, I like them. You like them? Like, yeah, I do. I like those jerseys. I think they'll look good on the ice. I think a lot of people hating on them are just just people that want the black jerseys and nothing else. Don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I want the black jerseys. Yeah, that'd be tough. But I mean, it's it's the white on the sleeves that really like kind of throw me off but i think with the right glove like pants sock like combo i think those jerseys are gonna be nice like i see no problem with them i really don't i mean i'm not like oh my god it's the best jersey ever but i'm also like, i don't hate it i'm gonna wait until i see it on ice to fully fully say how i feel about it like you said i think with the right pants and sock combo it could be a nice could be a nice jersey i don't understand how like it's like black at the top and then white at the bottom though why didn't, yeah, exactly. why didn't they? Was... If they kept it all black, from the top to the bottom. Yes, yes. they should have done like the sleeves. That should, all, nice. should be black. Like that, that little white part of the sleeve. Because I, I think it's because it's it's a reverse retro, and the retro jerseys had a yeah. white top, yeah. a black sleeve. But like I say, you just scratch that entirely and just do all black. Yeah, 
I if agree. they did that, like I feel like the public perception of the jerseys would be a lot better as well. Because the, the, all, all black with the orange numbers would really stand out on the on the one that's on the. I like that one. For sure. On 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 the uh, on the shoulders, the orange numbers, because like the the color on the shoulders are orange, but then the the color of the number on like the actual jersey is black. It's a lot of colors going on, like a lot of different colors. True. Kind of looks like a phantom jersey a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Um. From at bleed underscore green. I'm new here, but I wanted to ask who do you guys think will be better in the future? Cam York or Igor Zamula? Um, I'm going to take Cam, that one. We're big Cam York guys. And like this is kind of like a double-edged sword because like I want them both to be fucking great, you know, and I think they both will be fucking great. But we're so high on Cam York, it's it's ridiculous. Like me and Chris were just talking the other day, uh, like sending highlights back and forth. And Chris has wrote, praised them in articles about uh, him potentially stepping in towards the end of next year, maybe. No, a little, that, little spicy little pick. Yeah, it's a spicy pick. I don't think that's gonna happen, but that's it's spicy. Yeah, you for never sure. know. You never know. The crazy things have happened for sure. So uh, Cam York, Big Ten Freshman of the Year finalist, and uh, yeah. he was on the All Freshman Team. For the big ten, he just an absolute beast. Five goals, eleven assists for sixteen points in an injured college year. Uh, he he's gonna play hockey again November thirteenth. That's the Big Ten start date. Nice. But um, we we watched him. So me me and Chris go to a lot of development camps, and usually guys get picked. So development camp is usually in a normal year, two yeah. weeks after draft day. Uh, so you get drafted. So these kids they don't even know which city they're going to. Like, these kids could be in Canada, and it's like, oh, I'm going to Philadelphia in two weeks for a uh, development camp. And you're you're going up against guys who have been in those camps for, like, two to three years. And uh, imagine being a defenseman getting drafted, and then two weeks later, you got to go defend Morgan Frost in his second or third development camp. I mean, it, it could be difficult. It's It could be such an adjustment. And we saw Cam York get drafted to the Flyers. He was, like, 18 yeah, or and 17. He, I, and then, yeah, obviously, they're not there, like, getting judged by scouts or, or or even Chuck Fletcher they're they're just there to have him there and yeah, to work him out test. but it's like, it's nice to see the way he seamlessly came in there and just played his game he looked really comfortable like he was quarterback in the point at times like yeah. me and Chris were really impressed we we don't usually see a defenseman get drafted in 13 days later because we go to a lot of development camps and that that really impressed us the way he slotted in and played his role and had a great camp honestly he's the f- hopeful future quarterback of power play one like he's that's his strength he is extremely good at distributing the puck and the way he controls the power play like he's a perfect point guy to put on the power play i'm I'm serious i'm extremely excited to to watch his development this year in michigan because he's gonna have a a bigger role with with guys there graduating his uh He's going to have an expanded role in the World Juniors with guys not being there anymore. Like he's going to be one of the top defensemen on that World Junior team in yep. December. So I'm extremely excited to watch Cam York this year. I'm, I'm really hoping he takes that next step. He looked he looked good. So he, they had him as like a, a seventh or eighth defenseman in the World Juniors. Yeah. Like a couple he, years he, back. I, he was 18. He was 18. Towards the end of the tournament, he was, like, he was about to turn 19, though. But he was 18 when the tournament started. So an 18-year-old kid slots in. Now he's going to be going into this tournament basically 20 years old. After like a week of the tournament, he'll be 20. Yeah. His birthday's January 5th. So Still like, a kid, though. <laughs> I know, but for the World Juniors, that's... Oh, yeah, yeah, I know. That's I know. Like a, he will have a big role, a veteran Oh, for sure. Role. Uh-huh. And it's, it's going to be exciting to see. I hope he lights that up. 
I can't wait. That that is my most I'm the thing I'm most excited for about the World Juniors is to tune into Team USA games and watch Cam York. Absolutely, and his him and Brink. Really sure, excited yeah. to see see them. Too. I can't wait to see Brink's improvements because in the, all, all the articles I've read, Brink like lit it up in Denver. Yeah, yeah, he had a great freshman year there. I mean, he didn't put up as 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 like as many points as Flyers organization thought he was going to, but like, he still had a good year. Yeah, didn't he like start slow and started coming on towards? Yeah, the end? yeah, he he had a really really good finish there. So at bleed underscore green, I I think. Cam York will be the better future defenseman, but uh, me saying that is not a slight on Igor Zamula at all. See, I, I'm I'm just gonna go with Zamula because I I I think I think he can be like a top pair guy kind of guy. Like he's just a a big guy. He's he can skate like the wind. Really, I mean, he lit up the World Juniors last year. Like you look for a guy, especially a guy who's undrafted, to come into the World Juniors and have the kind of tournament that he have that he had I mean and then they get praise from Chuck Fletcher the way he did come in play your first professional game and a round robin kind of game and look good doing it I'm really high on on Zamola so I'm I'm just gonna go with Zamola for the sake of of you going with York but like you said I think both are gonna be a really good defenseman for the Flyers for sure it it does speak volumes that this guy was like Igor Zamola was signed undrafted by the old regime and then the new regime comes in and thinks just as highly of them. Yeah, a couple guys. The same things. A couple guys. This, this new. I mean, like Frost isn't this regime's guy. That was Hexall's guy. Same so, with Barry too. Yeah, and they talk about they talk very highly of Frost. Talk very highly of a guy like Zamula, Myers, obviously. So, yeah, I'm excited for those two. Yorkins. I mean, maybe one of them could be trade beef for something because if they're both as good as we think that they're going to they're going to be, we can't keep both. <laughs> A lot of contracts, high contract. But then we got Provy already. Yeah, Provy saying hi, Myers. Yeah, exactly. So Adam, we laughed as soon as he sent this question. We <laughs> knew what he was doing. I said it right to Danny. Yeah, he said he said Adam knows what he's doing with this question. So, who is the three C on opening night? I mean, come on, we all we both think it's going to be Morgan Frost, and we want it to be Morgan Frost. And I think Brent Flair knows it's going to be Morgan Frost. I I think it's Morgan Frost's spot to lose. In training camp, I think if Morgan Frost comes into training camp and doesn't, I I don't think he has to blow them away. I, I think he has a, has a solid training camp, but I think if Morgan Frost comes away, not the three C, I I think you have something to worry about. Like, I think this is now his time to come in here and and take a spot. And Agreed. Earn a spot. I think the lack of moves really show that. Like the lack of forward moves really show that. The fact that they didn't go out and get a Derek Brassard or another like fill in 3C really shows you that they and they've said before that he, he's gonna compete for a 3C spot down the road and down the road is January 1st yeah so. and not and that's not saying that if he goes back to the AHL it's not the worst thing in the world for him because eventually he's gonna be an NHL player but it'd be nice to see him take a spot make that jump and cement himself as an NHL player because I, I we're very high on him I think he's a very could be a very highly skilled NHL player very very soon sure i'm really excited to see him step in and just play an nhl game i'm excited to see a comfortable morgan frost like you said before you texted me this like a morgan frost that doesn't have to look over his shoulder after every turnover and see if he's getting called into the office to get sent back down to allentown just like like he has a spot like like you said on the radio too like a leash like joel farabee like he can be thrown around for a game can have a bad game and you just you just stick with him and you let his development 
go. And I think Morgan Frost's skill set, he's better served just being in the NHL now. Like, I, I feel like AHL, it was cool, like, was good for him to, like, maybe learn, I don't know, like, board play and just, like, little things, like, little fundamental things. But I think now with his skill set, like, let him do trial and error at the National Hockey League level. Like, let him let him try to dangle a guy and it gets stripped and he goes, oh, okay, it won't work here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or maybe it will. And then you have a grade A scoring chance. I also can see the Flyers look at that and they're like, well, we think this team can win now. So can you really have a guy up here that is making, like, is, is trying to do trial and error in the NHL? Like, can they afford that? Because, like, they want to win now. So I can see people, like, I can see why maybe they wouldn't want him to do that. Like, they would want him to learn what he can and can't do in a professional level. But True. I also agree. But, but they did the same thing with Faraby yeah, last yeah, year. Yeah. They were in win now mode. Yeah, that's year. where I was getting to next. Like, he also did that. With, like, you have a guy in Joel Faraby who you, you know he's going to be a really good hockey player, but he, obviously he's not what he's going to be right now. I mean, they're 19, 20 years old. I mean, they both are. Frost just turned 21, I think. Uh, you let them play in NHL because they're really highly skilled kids that are going to be good hockey players soon. So, like, why not let them just go through – the problems that they're going to have, like the bumps and bruises of making it in the NHL, in the NHL. Like, I, I, I can see that. Like, why not just let them play here? Because this is where they're going to be eventually. So just let them get them, let them get their bumps yeah. and bruises out of the I way. I say it now. all the time, and I, I, I really do harp on this because it, it's, it's true. In a salary cap league, a hard cap league, you need to win while you have guys on ELCs. Yeah, and especially you gotta now. you got to get Frost going. And you got to, just like they got Farabee going, Farabee is going now, and he's about to, we think, have a great year too. And he has two years left on his ELC. And how much does Frost got? Let me check real quick. Frost has two years on his ELC, eight, 863K. I think you got to get him going this year because you're in win now mode. And it's not like he's going to get a huge contract. I'm not, I'm not saying he is, but you're going to have to re up Carter Hart and Sean Couturier soon. So I want, we have Carter Hart on an ELC. Joel Farabee on an ELC, Morgan Frost on an ELC. I think it's time to get all of those guys just go. I mean, Carter Hart obviously is going. And like Joel Farabee, year two. Morgan Frost, year 1.25, yeah. whatever. Year one. He only played 20 games last year. and they were... Get him going, yeah. though. Got to get him going. I agree. I agree. I, I, I can see both sides because obviously you don't want a kid – trying to dangle his way through the NHL, like trying to like, do that. But I can also see the side where he's going to be in the NHL eventually. So just let him – obviously, he's not going to try to dangle his way. That, I, that was just a yeah. hy- hypothetical situation you just said. I know. He's very good He's very good at, like, picking his spots yeah. and when to do yeah. that. He played well his his games last year. I said so, that before. Uh, our boy, Bleed underscore Orange and yes. Black, has a bunch of questions for us, and I love it. But he said, so glad your boys are rolling out more episodes. Danny, hope you're feeling better. Keep it up, guys. Let's go. Really appreciate you, man. I'm, I'm, I feel, I'm 100%. I feel great now, and uh, I'm honestly just ready to, to watch hockey again. That's really what it is. I yeah, mean, me and Chris sure. talk about it all the time. We talk about it every day. But um, he, I'm just gonna ask you question one. We're gonna answer question one, and then we'll go to two, three, and four, mm-hmm. and so on. He said, "What are we drinking when the season gets underway?" <laughs> anything. <laughs> I'll drink anything. I mean, uh. Let's say last playoffs, I was really into the seltzers. Yeah, he was. Uh, before I was hospitalized, I was drinking a lot of Stella Artois, actually. Ooh. I like that a lot. Ooh. I've, like, never really had that too much before. And uh, one of my boys came over, our boy Bobby came over, gave me one, and I was like, this, this shit slaps. <laughs> I want to continue <laughs> drinking them. So I really I really like that. What about you, Chris? Uh, 
Yeah, just beer. I'll take a beer. Yeah, it's just beer. I mean, I mean, our like go to obviously is like Miller Lite, but like I mean, we're not like crazy. Yeah. Uh, IPA. We're not IPA drinkers nah. or anything like that. We're not heavy uh, drinkers. We're just I'll have a beer while I watch the Flyers game, kind of thing, you know. Yeah, we could we could be a little a little heavy drinkers after like a nice five one dub. <laughs> Those nights just extend. Like we we just sit at the table till like four o'clock in the four o'clock in the morning just talking about the game. <laughs> yeah, just six hour podcast in the backyard. Like sometimes we we, we joke we were like, yo, we should just turn the mics on right now because we'll we'll be sitting there I mean, drunk. It's, re- it's 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 where this originally like came from. I was just being like, dude, we could sit here for like four hours and just talk Flyers hockey. Why not just put a mic in front of us? Yeah, we like we would stand up after like talking Flyers for like three hours and be like, yo, why why was that not recorded? <laughs> that that shit was great A. I know. And then uh, we did it. Right, yeah, and then the we did one? it. And that's it's awesome. Very fun. Number two. What do you think our biggest weakness is and how do A V slash Chuck deal with it? I think your biggest weakness right now if you were looking in on the Flyers, would be the spot next to Provorov and not having a 3C. But I think Chuck has a plan. And I think, we, like we just talked about it, I think he thinks Morgan Frost, hopefully Nolan Patrick, if he's healthy, could would be 3C replacements. And I, I think that's a good plan for that. Because I don't, I don't know if you wanted to go out and sign a guy. I think Chuck thinks... I think Chuck likes what he has in the organization. We've talked about it a couple episodes already. But I think the spot next to Provorov, I think I don't think he's done making moves on the defensive side. So I think I think he's going to get, try to get a guy this spot next to Provorov, if not Myers when the season begins. Uh, Two things for me for biggest weakness. One, obviously, is I'd say the defense just in general. I'd say is the, if you had to go look on the team, Carter Hart, franchise goalie, Forward group looks good. We we think uh, Morgan Frost is going to slot in. We we hope Nolan Patrick come back. Oscar Lindblom is coming back. I have to pick the defenses. Like if you oh, just yeah. look at if you go on cap friendly and look at the defenses, you can just pick it out as the weakest link. But I'm going to take it a step further and say that our biggest weakness is the power play. And how do Av and Chuck deal with it? You 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 switch up the personnel for fuck's sake. I mean <laughs> seriously, like Jake, I love like Jake Voracek. I still think he has good years in him. I think he's a good player. He's um, he's still a point per game player. I mean, 44 assists in like 60 games last year. That's that's pretty good, especially yeah. with the slow start. But you have to switch that personnel. Put Faraby in there. I mean, like just Anybody. just do something. Do some. Put someone with high uh, offensive prowess in there. Like just someone. Just switch it up. I mean, it's really what it boils down to. I don't know who it is. Just just tinker with it until it works but what like the same structure that they have right now clearly is not working and hasn't for quite some time i mean i think it always just goes from being really good at some point it's just very inconsistent is, is 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 what this power play has been for a while now and i agree like, put put Faraby up there like you said but he i mean he has a nice little one-timer he scored in the round robin against tampa that really nice one-timer i mean something like you said anything different i mean frost Faraby. Put Hayes up there, like bump Hayes up, switch Hayes, like put. I would love that. Put Voracek on power play too, and put Hayes. Like Hayes could easily be a guy right there. I feel like him and him and uh, Giroux would have fun passing each, passing it back and forth to each other. Hayes, Frost, Faraby, anybody else. I and mean, this isn't a knock on Voracek. I think, honestly, I think Voracek would make power play two better. So, and I, Voracek was on power play two for a little bit at some point in the season, but keep him there permanently. 
like you said, switch things up. Because I, I definitely, I think power plays definitely one of the things that they need to fix this year. Uh, the thing like I really the, uh, like about Hayes on power play one is like his zone entries. I think he'll be able yeah. to get the puck in the zone and not turn it over. He'll be able to get in there and let allow the guys to set up. And another reason why I think this power play has been inconsistent is because, one, they look for the perfect pass. It would be Giroud to Voracek. Voracek tries to go back to the left side to whoever's in the crease. Like, I guess it's Konechny now. Yeah. Uh, they always look for that. Or they'll go back to the Provorov for a shot, which usually the goalie's screen, they look for a tip. If you go around the league and you look at other power plays, the reason why they're so dangerous is because at any given time on a 5v4, if you give one of the guys some space, they'll, they'll just roof the puck. Like, they'll just shoot it. Like, they'll, they'll take the space. They'll cut in on goal. We don't do that. Like, we stand pat. It's like it's almost as if we, we slow down. We wait we for the perfect play on the power play. We don't just, like, just shoot. You know what? I, yeah. I, we don't move enough. We don't move enough. Like, we, we're yeah, too... It's the perfect play. Yeah. You can't always get the perfect play. Like, you, you go and you watch Colorado's power play. They, they don't look for the perfect play. They, they just sometimes... I mean, they do sometimes, but, like... I mean, obviously, you have times, to at some time, but, like... Let the skill take over. You know what I mean? 100%. Get the mismatch. Like, yes. They're, they're down a man. So someone has space. Find the guy <laughs> who has space. Hopefully he can shoot the puck. Not so with that JVR between the legs move. That's the play they go for. Patent it. Yeah, patent it. God damn. Jim Jackson, you got to stop saying that, man. Yeah. Trades. Yeah. Question number three, trades. Thoughts on deals with Tampa to get someone like Johnson or Sorelli? Any spicy thoughts? Tyler Johnson is not on the lightning. Tyler Johnson is, um, <laughs> I guess, where is he? Is he a free agent now? I, I couldn't tell you. I, I, I Didn't he go through waivers? I think he is yeah. a lightning, isn't he? Is he in the minors? I mean, I don't know. That, that, that'd be kind of... Crazy, I don't, I'm not yeah, sure. I know, he, I know he cleared waivers and like no one wanted. Him. He was he's been on the trade block. For yeah, he's on the quite some time now. Um, I'm not a big Tyler Johnson guy. I think he had a great 2015 playoff run, but I think he that he kind of capped out his ceiling at that point. Um, I think if we were to just get some guy like Tyler, I feel like Morgan Frost is honestly just gonna slot into that spot. Uh, Sorelli, I mean, dude, I would love that, but I, you know what, that is kind of realistic if chuck wanted to make it done because tampa bay has two million dollars in salary cap um and they have to re-up sorelli's chernak and sergachev so you have to think one of those guys are going to go unless they ship out another dude to clear cap space yeah um any spicy thoughts uh patrick line is, is a spicy thought that i have a lot sorelli i mean I, I would like sorelli but for the most part i think chuck is going to stand pat uh, yeah, unless so the right deal comes his way, because he he always harps on the the flat cap, and if we get the right deal, we'll do it. But we're not going to force it, so I just think that's the direction they're going to take. I think Sorelli would be nice. I mean, I, I I think Chuck could could get it done. It's a matter of, like if he would want to. But like you said, Tampa has to make some kind of move. Tampa's going to get rid of a good player soon for sure. So that'd be nice. Um, I'm 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 good on Mike Hoffman. I don't know if you just commented on that but yeah, uh, cool. yeah so that, that was the fourth question i mean mike hoffman on the flyers automatically makes the flyers a better hockey team it's just a matter of what he would want and i think he would want too much i think he would too. comfortable giving him 
But here, here's the thing. Like, the fact that he hasn't been signed yet shows me that at first he wanted too much. But I think if enough time goes on, he's going to have to sign somewhere. He's I would take him on a one-year deal. He would help out the power play one tremendously. Put him in for a check spot. And he's a sniper. And No, he, he he's a power play specialist. Like, he's not the best on five on five, but he could be, like, a nice little power play. He, he would definitely help us out on the power play for sure. But, and I also think at five on five, if he played with playmakers, he's going to he's gonna score. He averages 28, 29 goals a year. Yeah, he's a goal scorer, but his five on five play is not that good. But like you said, I think he could – maybe, maybe. I don't, it, it would depend on what he would want. And depending on how many years, for sure. But on, yeah. on a one-year deal, maybe. I'd be he open does. to it. He, he's going to have to do something. He's losing leverage by the day with teams. Cause a as lot of teams, guys are. As teams continue to spend their cap space, the the opportunities for him to go somewhere are just going to work like get worse as the day goes on. And if, if it gets to a point where he's still not signed like two, three weeks from now and him and his agent are kind of like – panicking and they just want to be in the best situation where they can play with playmakers play in a, a, a big market maybe or a team that has a, a chance to contend and he wants to come here for for a really like cheap prove it deal uh, i'm all for it but like I'd you be said, to it, yeah. I, I don't i don't want to sign him long term yeah it would, i also oh, don't want to sign him to a high cap value that we don't have yeah it, for sure it would all come down to what he would want and if he would want like a one two-year deal not worth that much money like you said, on a, like a little prove-it deal, I would think about it for sure. Obviously, it's not my decision, but <laughs> I'd be open to it. All right, that's that's about it for the questions. Um, you ready to wrap this up in a yeah, second? Yeah, yeah. Nice little episode, Good, about an hour. For sure. If you haven't uh, checked out Liberty Line Radio yet, check that out every Saturday from uh, 5 p.m. to, I guess, 7 p.m. now because I think we're extended two hours. Yeah. We hop on and we talk flyers on there for a little bit if you want to check that out please do uh leave us a good rating on itunes if you really enjoy the show that helps us out tremendously you can follow me on twitter at tly danny and you can follow chris on twitter at chris stumps yes, our main twitter at the liberty L, of course uh thank you guys for all the continued support we love doing this go for it.